Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another edition of Building a Bridge. My name is Jesse Brizendine. My name is Jared Kalnitz, and our mission is to empower people to use their voice to build a bridge beyond race relations, creating unity and understanding, and effectively raising the collective consciousness of humanity. Last week, we talked about misusing the fight or flight response. We discussed our initial reactions to the presidential election and talked about how we can start to build bridges despite all the political hurt. And Jared, what are we going to focus on today? Well, today we're going to talk about the freeze response more, how we have more time to think about what we say before we say it, and we need to stop jumping from fright to flight. And we're going to specifically talk about a current conversation I am having on Facebook um, after I did something I usually don't do. Um, I usually don't make public statements, um, positive or negative about either political candidate. I usually just talk about policies and things that I believe, and I don't uh, talk about candidates, but I did make a negative uh, statement about our current president of the United States, Donald Trump, and um, some of his leadership stuff. You got any questions before I get to jive into the story? No, go for it. I think go for it. Okay, so uh, as you guys know, I'm a former United States Marine. Um, I don't know if you know this, but um, Donald Trump's first Secretary of Defense was the former Commandant, which is the chief guy in charge of the United States Marine Corps. Uh, his name is James Mad Dog Mattis. His nickname was Mad Dog, and he oversaw, you know, um, pretty much everything that happened in Iraq, in Afghanistan, at least the start of the war. Um, he was hit in the Marine Corps. I think it was from like 2000 to like 2011, 2012, or something like that. Um, he might have been longer than that. I can't even remember. But he was he was coming down in the Marine Corps when I was in. Um, and so James Mattis resigned as Secretary of State um, under Donald Trump. And during the year 2020, he came out with some statements um, as far as how he felt Donald Trump was hand, handling the uprisings and what was well, not uprisings, but the massive protests that were occurring in the riots, right, at, in the wake of uh, George Floyd. Right, and he made some negative comments as to how he felt um, Donald Trump was handling that. Um, and at that same time, Donald Trump's current Secretary of Defense was a guy named uh, I believe it was Mike Michael Esper. He's a former Green Beret, um, and then he went into uh, corporate America. He was uh, some kind of executive at Raytheon before becoming uh, Donald Trump's current Secretary of State. Uh, he was just fired by Donald Trump, uh, <laughs> I guess, in the wake of the elections. And um, I, he came out and, you know, and said, you know, Donald Trump surrounded himself with yes men. And, you know, stories came out um, that he had stopped Donald Trump from putting troops on the ground in uh, D.C. Anyway, the gist of my statement was this is why I could not vote for Donald Trump. Um, even though I agree with some of his political policies, was because he pushes away or fires or simply gets rid of people who challenge and disagree with him, right, who may have more knowledge, most often have more knowledge in the area that they are there to advise him for than he does. And when they disagree with him or he doesn't like what they have to say, he gets rid of them, right? There's no questioning 
James Mattis understands more about war, right, and, and military affairs abroad than Donald Trump. It's impossible for Donald Trump to have as good of an understanding as James Mattis in those areas, right? And, uh, and so anyway, I'm having a conversation and someone had, you know, um, one of, a person commented and called them traitors. And it really, I had to freeze, <laughs> think about it and try to come up with a conductive response. And I told him to be careful who you call a traitor because these men, you know, they led military encounters for the United States. They, they led, they fought. Um, they were willing to risk their lives. They, 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 they led troops who, who did die in the name of the United States Constitution. And so they've defended the Constitution in conflict, right? They've defended United States in conflict. And to say that they are not patriots is, is, is a dangerous, dangerous ground to walk on, right? And then you have multiple of these men. You have the, you know, the current military leaders have also made statements that were not necessarily against Donald Trump, but against some of the actions that were taken, and like and 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 in support of you know a James Mattis's types of statement um, that goes to the head of the Navy, the current Commandant of the Marine Corps, um, and the um, the head of the U.S. Army. They just elected a new head of the United States Air Force, which was a black guy, which is really crazy. <laughs> First time that's ever happened, and. Um, and so you see, you see all of this happening and, and all of these people have disagreements with this person and they should be. And they're also leaders of this country. But according to this person, because they disagreed, they were traitors or treacherous. And you're talking about, you know, our country's fighting men and the heads of our country's fighting men. And you're calling them traitors and you've never fought this person's not a veteran they've, <laughs> they've never fought a day in their life you know they don't know war they don't understand war and 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 they they can make those kind of statements um and it's it it's what drove me to start making the comments that i made when you when you first hit me up jesse like because i saw it and I talked to my wife about it and I propelled it. So I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what I did. Guys, I'm going to be completely transparent with you. When I approached the thought, the, 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 the reality that, okay, America could go to war with itself. This is my thought process. I sat in my room. I sat in my bed. I laid down. I turned on meditation music. And I replayed in my head over and over and over again, watching my wife and son die. Mm. That's what I played. That was the tune that I played in my mind's eye over and over and over again. Now ask me why I played that tune to desensitize myself to the reality that it could possibly happen. Not I fear because if it because if, if war happens on this country's soil, that's real. That's real. The people that you love 
that you respect, the reason that people leave this country to go to other countries to fight wars in our nation's interest is so that that does not happen. So that you don't have to play that in your head because in war, it happens. And you better pick your shit the fuck up and keep fucking moving. You better not lose a second. And that's real fight or flight. And so that is what I caution people against when they make statements like when I'm having this conversation on Facebook, because that's the truth of it. So I've played it in my head. Am I fully prepared for it? Probably not, probably not. But I'll tell you what it won't do is it won't crush me, not in the moment, not in the moment. I'll, I'll keep moving, I know that. But if you want, if, 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 if anybody is a proponent for division, then you best be prepared to watch the people you love die. And that's why, that's why I made the statements I made, Jesse. That's why, that's why I caution people uh, against the language that they use in throwing verbal bombs and all of that other kind of stuff. It has nothing to do with, has nothing, it has to do with life. It has to do with life. That's the most precious thing we got. And, 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 and you don't just put the lives of the people that you love in jeopardy when you, split, when you spread discontent and you, and you ignore truths that are realities for everyone and you ignore another person's point of view. You put the lives of the people that you love in danger as well especially when we're talking about times like this where people are acting extremely irrationally. They're coming from entirely emotional places with no mental preparation for the outcomes. And, and so when you see people like James Mattis or a Mike Esper or somebody like that disagree with some of the actions that maybe you thought would have been right for Donald Trump to put troops on the ground or something like that, it's because they've been to war-torn countries and they know what that devastation looks like. And they know that you cannot quash, squash anything by just pointing guns at people. It's why no foreign occupation has ever been successful in the history of all military conflicts of all military, uh, 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 um, excuse my language, of, 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 all, of all military history. Never, never has a foreign country been able to sustain an occupation of another place, ever. Because people don't stop fighting. They don't, they don't. And, and 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 so you have to be you have to be really really careful about what what you think is 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 right and is good. And if you look at the numbers, I, I sent it to somebody at one point in time. The numbers of uh, deaths 
in America. I'm sorry, I'm getting so deep. I, you know, I usually try to keep it like a whatever, but I, I'm always really upset. I'm upset. That's why I stopped our conversation, our pre-conversation, as I'm talking to this guy because it gets me upset when, when you can call people who who are the definition of patriots, traitors and anti-patriotic, right? When you can and you can say it and mean it, it scares me because those people what they want to do more than anything is preserve it. When I joined the Marine Corps, what I wanted to do more than anything was preserve America as America. That was, that was it. That I realized, and that's why I joined after, I'm fucking being super transparent with you guys. I joined after Barack Obama won the presidency immediately. Because the truth be told, I always wanted to be a Marine. <laughs> I always did. But I could not bring myself to fight for this country because I didn't believe it in it enough. But when I saw that, it's like, oh my God, this is really the fucking greatest country on the planet. I don't give a fuck what happened after that. I was like, this is, it was so mind boggling to me. Like, and I felt he was going to win and, and I felt like he was the best candidate, but it was like, look what we just did. And I'm not talking about Barack Obama. I'm talking about Americans. I'm talking about, look, look at people saw past years, decades, hundreds of years of prejudice and everything else to, 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 to put someone that looks nothing like the majority of people in this country in the highest position of power. And I've talked to people that hold prejudices because we all do, but hire people and make them managers of places in their company because they were the best person for the job. So, and, and so that's why I also get mad when people call Trump supporters racist because I'm, you know, I'm, I watch, I watch people go against what their grandparents believed and, and make a decision that was best for their business or for their relationships or everything else. And they, they went completely against what, you know, somebody that raised them on their knee told them to believe. So don't fucking tell me that all Trump supporters are racist either. Because again, if you're going to push that out there and you really want to believe it in your mind, then prepare yourself for eventual outcomes of, of demonizing your neighbor and what that does to the safety, not just of, of, of you and yourself, but the people that you care about. And it's just, and so anyway, so, so I, di I digress because I think, I think both thi those things are irrational and I don't want to dig too deep on it. I want to be, I want to be uh, uh, a, uh, what is the word, you know, a uh, preacher of doom and despair. <laughs> right or I don't know right I don't want to I don't want to provide I don't want to shoot that out there guys but I just I, I there there is reason that that love must win right there's a reason that hope has to be held on to there's a reason that 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 it would behoove you in the rest of the fucking world and planet to freeze take a second think about something before you open your mouth. It would behoove you to do it. 
And it's not, and you're, and you're not just doing it for you. You're doing it for everybody else around you. And I think we get real selfish when we, de when we decide we got to be right versus we got to be wrong. And we have an argument just based off of that. And we're not thinking about, you know, like I said, I believe in Black Lives Matter. I believe in all that stuff because I'm thinking about the future of my son. I'm thinking about, you know, my family members. I'm thinking about protecting the people that I love. So that's why. But I'm also fervently against the statement like all Trump supporters are racist because I know people who are Trump supporters who are um, some of the best people I've ever met in my entire life and who also would help my son, and my wife, and my kids and all that kind of stuff. And, and, and so, you know, you, you can't... I. I And, I, and the reason I, I compare those two statements because they both usually come from the same camp, right? Black Lives Matter camp is also Trump supporters are racist camp, right? And um, and I want to be in the Black Lives Matter camp hard. I am. I believe in it 110%. I believe that things have to change in this country in terms of you know how black people are seen, how black people are treated by police, and everything else. But you, you cannot tell me that everybody who voted for this man is, is a racist or a bigot or something like that. Because I've seen a world of difference to tell me that that's not true. And, and I know whether people want to believe it or not. You know, In the United States of America, as story to history as we have, it's, it's almost incredible that we're as anti-racist as we are as a people. It's, 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 it's almost shocking it's almost shocking. And, and if you can't see that, then, 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 then you have a, you have, you have a, a, a real, a real disconnect. I'm not saying it doesn't exist. I'm not saying racism. I'm fucking, I've, I've been on here and I said it exists plenty of times, but how the, the guttural response that people can have to racism and how people try not to emulate it in their own lives. Um, at least on a conscious level, it's amazing. It's amazing. And you can, and if you want to talk about what people do subconsciously, then, then we're all digging on something like we talked about last week, which is, you know, I bought something and I never used it. Right. And, and, and then you're, and you're digging on something deeper, but you can't, you can't, you cannot, you can't demonize a person for their subconscious thoughts. You can't because it takes so it's so hard to root those out and work through those. But, but I, would, I would hope that you would freeze before you let your subconscious automatically flow through into consciousness and you say some shit that you don't really fucking believe because you don't know what you're walking toward. You don't know what you're promoting. And if you do know what you're promoting, then fine. If you can, if you can play that story, like I said, if you can play that story in your head and you can still walk that route, then fine, walk it. I'm with it. Fine, I can dig it. 
but you better play it in your head and walk it. You better play it in your head and walk it. And that's it. That's all right. I'm done. <laughs> I think, Jared, some of what you said is not only some of the my most favorite things, which is horrible grammar, that I've heard you say, but I think it's some of the most powerful statements I've heard another human being say. And there's a deep truth in that too, that I so appreciate your vulnerability and your willing to share, especially to talk about going in, lying down, putting the meditation music on and confronting that idea, the image of your son and your wife being killed. I think that oftentimes, so I'm going to say this, I, I don't really have anything to add because I think that anything I add much beyond what you just said takes away from the power of what you just said. So I'm going to quickly just try to give a one minute thoughts and then I'm going to, I think we'll wrap up with that because I think what you said alone is enough and it's powerful. And I don't want to take for that. I would encourage and set people to rewatch and really digest it. My experience has been many of our strongest opinions are often in areas that we know the least about. And we make a statement that we don't think through, we don't rationally thought, thought, think it out and we drive it on emotion. And then that statement gets challenged. And because we're so terrified of being wrong and what that would mean to be outed, to be looked at as a fake, a phony, not enough, not love, not belong, not accepted, that we double and triple down on those opinions. And we back those generalizations up with bigger generalizations. We use labels like traitors and racist to completely remove our own responsibility from them and show how we cannot be like them and they are not like us. We put people categorically in boxes that remove us safely away from them and, and exempt us from having to examine our own behavior. You know, if the human brain is wired to survive and to be right, survival for most of us is a foregone conclusion we don't really think about it which means we have a hell of a lot of time to spend about figuring out how we can be right and with most of us the idea of bringing military if we were to go to that or to call one group of people racist or one group of people snowflakes or whatever that is we afford ourselves that luxury of not looking at the consequences of that because we're not really worried about survival we're not really worried about the ramifications of our words and our emotional outburst because again we're not really worried about survival we have roofs over our head what running water our basic essential needs are met in spades here way more so than the majority of our fellow human beings are around the world so we have the luxury of defaulting to right and i think what jared was saying and for me and maybe for all of us this can be a homework we take away from it is we can look at where are our generalizations at where do they create blind spots for us? Where do we need to put some more thought into what we say, into the opinions we have? Where are we overvaluing being right versus being a human, being a part of a solution instead of creating a problem? And I'll, I'll just close with this. In late May, when, the, when everything was unfolding in the world after George Floyd, and I would scroll through my newsfeed, probably like many of you, trying to make sense of what seemed like such a senseless situation, feeling my own feelings and trying to figure out what I could do, where I could have a voice. 
And my newsfeed was filled with anger. It was filled with outrage. It was filled with a call to arms. It was filled with all those things. And then I came across Jared. Jared put a video up. And his wasn't a video of outrage and anger. It was a, vi a video calling for peace. And it wasn't just peaceful. He was peaceful as he said it. And I'll never forget hearing Jared say it enough. Enough. And it was just the way he said it. It was this soothing, level-headed voice. And what I heard with that was not just somebody saying enough. I heard and saw a man who had really thought through what he was saying. He was considering something much bigger than himself. He was considering something much, much greater than whatever his, his emotions might be in that moment. The reason Jared and I are sitting here talking with you all about building a bridge is because at a time when everybody else was so, not everybody else, because there's a big broad generalization, the majority of people who I was experiencing according to the Facebook algorithm on that day was understandably emotionally outraged and directing that outrage towards anger. There was Jared, there was the one who was calling for peace. And I could see there was a big difference between what Jared was doing and everybody else. And I, I believed very strongly and I do today. Jared is the embodiment of what building a bridge really is. And I just, man, I so appreciate you sharing that today because there is a, there is a reality, the potential reality that we all must consider that could be a consequence of when we alienate ourselves from other people. And if we truly are going to build a bridge, building a bridge isn't about alienating. It's about accessing, right? And yeah, man. Can, can I say, the reason I, I, I hesitate to share that, I haven't shared it before. I'm definitely, I haven't shared, as a matter of fact, the only person I've shared that with is my wife before today. And I'm just putting it out there for all you guys to hear. The reason I'm sharing it in that context is because when a guy like James Mattis or Mike Asper, who's a former Green Beret, when you, when those guys, and no offense to guys who are just the regular military fighters, but they're not playing the game three or four or five steps ahead. But when those guys plan incursions, plan the destabilizations of governments and all these other kind of things, they know what that looks like. And, 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 and they, as generals or in the field leaders have to think about what are the ramifications of this in a terms of a military militaristic chess game what, what dominoes are we going to knock over so they i guarantee you when he when when mattis came out and made the statement in in the midst of those of the of, of what was going on he played that in his head. He played the thought of like real destruction of American cities and families and innocent blood being spilled because that's, that's what happens. That's what happens. And, and, and Americans, our generation, we have never experienced that ever. Like really, I mean, you know, if you could, if you could imagine two tower, the 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 nine eleven twin towers, you can imagine that happened in every major city in America. 
in that small scale, what civil war looks like. Small scale. Every Twin Towers, every major city in the United States of America. Every major city. And, 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 that's, and that's like the beginning. So when you hear people like James Mattis say, no, there's a better way, stop it, right? And it turns out, to be honest, he was right. Because are people rioting right now? There's no. Even even when the thing happened in in Kenosha and Wisconsin, were there riots all over the place? No. (laughs) Did people start to put their thinking caps back on and get their shit together? Yes. (laughs) So so let's you know, you know, when you're talking to people who are pros at escalating situations to their final ends, you should probably listen to them. Be like, yeah. like no. <laughs> so that's all right, that's it. So that's why I brought that up, guys, because I guarantee you that those men had those thoughts. They played those things, those things to their to their to their final. And 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 I think I said in the post, you know, Donald Trump in terms of a business six, five, six steps ahead, I think he's probably a beast, right? I think he's probably a beast at, at playing those moves down the line, right? If not, not, maybe not the best, but he's probably pretty good at it, right? But when it comes to military action and when people really start killing people, I don't think he has any clue of what that looks like 10 steps down the line, because that's ugly. It's an ugly game. It's an ugly game. Okay, anyway, I'm done. All right, everybody. We'll see you next time. Thanks, Jared. See you guys next time. Sorry if that was like whatever.